Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. It's called the Washington, D.C. Admission Act. That's right. A move to make Washington, D.C. the 51st state of the United States of America. Who didn't see that coming? Who didn't see that a Democratic Party, seeing that there's an opportunity to solidify power, wouldn't make moves to solidify power? I mean, to not see that, you'd have to be one of these people who says, oh, Joe Biden isn't discussing packing the court. He won't answer the question. Nah, he probably wouldn't do that. Then what's this commission that's been created, a bipartisan commission, to study reforms to the Supreme Court and the federal judiciary as written by Politico? Huh. I guess we are right now in the place that many of us said we would be if we had a Biden presidency. Not a moderate, a progressive. Not a progressive, a hyper-progressive. And if he isn't that himself, he is so thankful to be called president of the United States and hear hail to the chief that he will do anything to solidify a legacy. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's great to be with you. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Would love to hear from you. I am still there on Twitter. You can reach out that way at Tony Katz. Tony at TonyKatz.com. Feel free uh, to to email. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. 51st state understand that no Democrat in Washington, D.C. cares whether Washington, D.C. is a state or not. And as a guy who used to live in Washington, D.C., I live in a circle uh, for for a while. Um, in the years that I was there, and I was there for September 11th, I was there on September 11th. I was there for anthrax. I was there for the D.C. sniper. What a time to live in Washington, D.C., No one ever discussed statehood. Now, their license plate does indeed say taxation without representation. That much is true. That's on the license plates. But it never, ever, 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 ever got discussed. There was no great conversation happening at all. What does D.C. statehood mean? It means that Eleanor Eleanor Holmes Norton, who has been the delegate from Washington, D.C. for forever and a day, would become a member of Congress, would be actually Congresswoman Eleanor Holmes Norton. And it means they would get two senators. And, of course, the presumption would be it would be a left-leaning state, and therefore you would have um, uh, leftist senators, Democratic control, control is everything. Control and power. Power and control every step of the way. I would only hope that the people of Washington, D.C. would know that they're being used in this way and not allow that to happen. Right? One of these conversations has always been about Puerto Rico and Puerto Rican statehood. Puerto Rico may or may not go the leftist route. You're talking about a place that is religious in, in, in nature, has a different cultural standard. Not 100% sure. But we have a lot of figuring out to do with Puerto Rico. Specifically, the amount of debt that they have and tremendous inabilities with things like the power grid. But that's not on the table right now. 
This one is. This is the story. And the question is, could you take an act like this and act like the idea of statehood, the Washington, D.C. Admission Act, and could you get it, well, through a vote? And the answer is, there's no way you could get it through the Senate on a vote. No way. I'm not even sure you could get it through the House. Well, what if it was part of something else? What if it was part of some other thing like a COVID relief package and that they tried to solve via what? Reconciliation. Reconciliation, a budget reconciliation, ends all debate. It says there is no filibuster when you're dealing with reconciliation. It's an up or down. You just need 51 votes. Or 50 and Vice President Kamala Harris. Now, that's the theory of the guys over at Right Scoop. By the way, the rightscoop.com is a fun site. Um, I am not there on it. I think it makes for great drama. I just don't think that's the way it's going to go down. As opposed to packing the Supreme Court, which I believe most definitely could go down. The packing of the Supreme Court is the idea that the, the United States Constitution does not say how many members of the Supreme Court there are. There is, there, there's, there's no number. You can, you, it's been higher. I think it's been 15 before. Right? And it's been down to like, like six or five or six, something like that. Maybe it was seven. We use the number as nine, and that's pretty much where the standard has been. That's the standard that people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, approved of and others. The idea of packing the court is now that the Democrats have the Senate, nominate, approve, nominate, approve, nominate, approve, and just add six more justices to the court, all progressives. Now, if you're okay with this in the idea of, well, there, are, there is no rule. I mean, so it's, it's fine to do. I can appreciate that. But what you are agreeing to is the very end of the idea that a court should actually adjudicate and not engage in politics. It is the admission that this is just another political tool that we utilize in America to get what we want and to beat the living snot out of our enemies. I don't favor such a thing. Tony, would you favor it if you had the power? Hmm. <laughs> you could be ejected. The answer is Donald Trump had a Republican Senate. If he thought it was a good idea, we'd already have 42 justices. They would be adding an addition onto the Supreme Court, and Trump's companies would have built it. So the answer to the question is clearly people thought this was going to be a bad idea. I think truly and clearly, if, if we think about this in the most objective way, there is no way this ends up doing anybody any good. 
And it doesn't do us any good because we have taken the very idea of the Constitution and we have said, how do we create something out of nothing to satisfy a purpose? I give you an example. The idea of the codification of Roe versus Wade. And I do not believe we will ever see in America a time where we eradicate uh, any uh, a, a legality of abortion. If I was president of the United States as a pro-life guy, I would never say we need to get this legislation out there to, to get rid of, uh, of, of abortion once and for all. I, I have 100 things I have to focus on. I believe that conversation is one via the culture, not via the law. I know that I'm different on that, and I'm willing to take that up with anybody. Um, but if, 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 if we take a look at this objectively, if we take a look at what has happened with the court in just decisions like Obergefell, Obergefell was the decision on same-sex marriage. I have no issue with two people living their lives together who are men or are women. This was an issue that was winning in the states exactly how it should. Culturally, that's where you take things. What did the Supreme Court do? In the Obergefell decision, they decided that same-sex marriage was allowed. Now, again, I have no issue with the concept, but it doesn't exist in the Constitution. How could the Supreme Court say such a thing? They invented a law out of whole cloth, and that is not the role of, of the Supreme Court. The issue with Roe v. Wade is that it was a usurpation of states' rights. The states can make decisions, and what Roe v. Wade did was upend that. A couple examples of where I think the court has most definitely overstepped, and overstepped because of ideology. They overstepped the role of of the Constitution and of the court itself. Why in the world would I favor making that easier? And if you say to me, well, it's because, Tony, you're, you're a conservative and you're in the minority, and it, <laughs> or whatever the laughter might be. Well, uh, yeah, that, that's today. But, uh, but a week ago, I was in the majority. Do you know how the pendulum doth swing? It swings, baby. You got to be prepared for what happens when it goes back, unless, of course, your plan is it never goes back. And that is the thing I fear the most. The schools don't want to reopen in Chicago. They're trying to come up with a plan. What's actually going on and how could it affect you? That's coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Chicago schools are doing everything they can to get kids back into the classroom. That's administrators. That's the city. That's not the teachers union because the teachers union has said, and I'm quoting here, we ain't doing that. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Would love to hear from you. The story is, is that 
the city wants the teachers back and they want the kids back in the classroom. And the teachers through the unions like, well, we, we need to make sure the schools are clean and this and that and the other. And they went through and jumped through all these hoops to get that done. And then it came time to do it. And they're like, yeah, we're not going back. And Lori Lightfoot, who's the mayor, is like, yeah, you are not striking. This is not happening. You are going to be in the classrooms. And the teachers are like, yeah, we're not going. And the parents are like, get back in the classroom and open schools. And the teachers are like, yeah, we're not. I believe that is the, the Latin way of saying it. So now uh, a group of principals has gotten together. Not, not, not principal people, uh, school, school principals. The Chicago Principals and Administrators Association. They're trying to put together a plan to figure out how to get these kids back into class. I think I may have brought this up yesterday. I don't remember. I want to know where you live. Has there been an issue with getting kids back in the classroom? In my central Indiana hamlet, that's how I view central Indiana, no. Now, not every district has been like, let's say, the one I live in. There are some that were all virtual right from the beginning of the school year and then have moved into a hybrid system. We've been hybrid a day on, a day off, right? Some have been a week on, a week off. Right, and they split the the entire class up in that way, the entire school up that way, and so they've got less kids, and so less people together, less opportunities for infection. I, I guess is the mathematics. And I'm not a fan of the hybrid that in in that I think you should send kids full time. But what I'm really trying to figure out is when we see these things happening, they don't seem to be Midwest happenings. Although I could be wrong. This is Chicago. But, Tony, you said it's not a Midwest happening. Honestly, is Chicago in the Midwest? I'm glad we had this talk. I am not hearing about these things. You know, I'm hearing about them in Chicago. I'm hearing about them in, in, in Northern Virginia. I'm hearing about them in uh, Los Angeles. I'm not hearing about them in, in, in other places. If I were to take a look at Tulsa, Oklahoma... Right? There's more talk about Bernie Sanders memes than there are about whether or not kids are, are, are in school. I'm not even 100% sure if kids are in school throughout Tulsa or throughout Jacksonville. Are kids in school uh, in, in Jacksonville? Well, that's Florida, right? Florida seems to, in many ways, be like coronavirus. What coronavirus? We don't need no stinking coronavirus. And everything is going all right. They're moving vaccine pretty well in Florida. I know that, that uh, DeSantis has gotten a lot of heat uh, in when we talk about the national scene. But I think that the, the idea of saying, hey, the hospitals know what they're doing, let them uh, go handle this, is something that I see as, well, a, a smart way to go about things. One of the things that I really and truly hope is that we're going to see states get into, okay, how did you do it? Okay, how did you do it? Okay, how did you do it? And we can develop a level of, of best practices, right? A admittedly, here in Indiana, it's been a little more top-down, yet it has been remarkably successful.
Like, I, I try to find people who, who, uh, who have an issue with it, and they're like, no, no, this is good. Everything's fine. Everything's good. No issues, no problems. But on this idea of teachers, it isn't happening everywhere. And I don't want to be somebody who just falls in line with this idea, you know, the teachers. I do feel that way about teachers' unions. I definitely feel that unions are a serious issue that is different than the teachers themselves because the teachers I've run into absolutely want to get back. But we've seen, for example, in Wisconsin, they uh, sent obituaries to Governor Evers. They literally wrote obituaries of students. It's pretty ugly. In I think it was in Iowa, they were creating tombstones of, of teachers. Like, oh, here lies such and such. Oh, I've seen people, like administrators, even where I live, send out cartoons of, oh, there's a teacher laying, uh, dying in a hospital bed, and it's, uh, it's somebody saying, uh, do you know where her lesson plans are? Right? Like, nobody cares. Like, like, like no one cares. Which is, of course, untrue. The parents are being put into this really ugly position that somehow they're monsters for wanting the teachers back at work. They're not monsters. That is simply untrue. The teacher is not, I mean, the the, the parent is not being a, a bad person here. Not at all. The parent isn't isn't doing anything immoral. And it's wrong that unions are so painting them as, as, as so. It's wrong that a union should say, how dare these parents think we should go back? They're just trying to get us killed. No, they're not. They see the people stocking the shelves at the supermarket. They see the people working in the banks. They see the people working at Home Depot. They see the people who are collecting the trash. And they say, our kids deserve to learn. We pay for them to learn. Go teach. And you still have some teachers saying, how dare you? There, there comes a moment where this breaks. And that people will say, well, screw it. We'll private school it or we'll homeschool it. We don't need you anymore. And eventually, if enough people do that, that's going to lead to, and why are we paying all these property taxes? Oh, oh, oh. I don't know what they're going to do in Chicago, but it doesn't seem like they've got the force to get the teachers to get back. We'll watch. I'm Tony Katz. What do you want from me? Why don't you run from me? What are you wondering? What do you know? Why aren't you scared of me? Why do you care for me? When we all fall asleep, where do we go? And that difference was that it really felt that last term, the Republican caucus was one of extreme fealty to Donald Trump. Um, there were some that were true believers, um, others that simply remained quiet out of cowardice um, and out of fear of the president's retribution. Um, but this term, there are legitimate 
white supremacist sympathizers that sit at the heart and at the core of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives. Was she going to say anything else? I mean, who didn't know that this was coming? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. Of course this is what she was going to say. That's Representative Ocasio-Cortez. It's always about the white supremacists. Everything she says, everything she does, everything she believes, the white supremacists. It can never just be a disagreement. Sorry about that. It can never just be this idea of, ah, we see it differently. No, it has to come from this place of just, you're full of of just hate. And it never, it never seems to be a subject they tire of. It keep it, it, it almost like it sustains them <laughs> in this very, very messed up and confused way. But she's not the only person who has been, uh, been, been acting out. There was a video, and I guess the video was two, it's two years old, uh, three years old. It's Representative Marjorie Green. Um, she's, I, I, I had thought she was from Florida. No, she's from Georgia. I, I should know better. And she's a little bit on the kook train. <laughs> a QAnon person, um, a, uh, everything's a conspiracy person. She's the one who filed the articles of impeachment against Joe Biden on like day two. Yep. I never mind a fighter. Sure. But you always got to be honest about who's doing the fighting. You got to be honest about how somebody is and how they're, how they're acting. I will not say that everything she has done is insane, the way other people may want to paint it. I will say there are things that I've seen that I'm like, yeah, it's not going to work for me. I'm not down. Even if we agree on X, Y, or Z, I, 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 I want a bit of uh, better presentation. The same way that I talk about Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Representative Ocasio-Cortez had tweeted out Something we could all agree with. Something rational. And what she tweeted out was that about this, you know, everything we're seeing with, with GameStop and, and with, with uh, AMC and how some of these apps that where you buy stocks, oh, we won't let you buy these stocks now. You mean, you mean the hedge funds could still buy the stocks and, and we can't? That's not going to work. That's not going to work. This idea of a gated system. Well, if we don't, we're going to have, you know, madness. I don't know if you're going to have madness. Every now and then you might have some madness. I mean, that's, that's, that's absolutely true. Every now and again, you might have some madness. But Representative Ocasio-Cortez had written, we now, we now need to know more about the Robinhood app, right? That's an app like a TD Ameritrade or Charles Schwab. Their decision to block retail investors from purchasing stock while hedge funds are freely able to trade the stock as they see fit. As a member of the Financial Services Committee, I'd support a hearing if necessary. Ted Cruz said, I, I fully agree. Right? So you had these people who are supposed to despise each other coming together 
And you say, well, what do you know about that? Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. Ain't that amazing? Well, Representative Ocasio-Cortez couldn't have that. Saying, I'm happy to work with Republicans on this issue where there's common ground. But you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you could sit this one out. Happy to work with almost any other GOP that aren't trying to get me killed. In the meantime, if you want to help, you can resign. Dear Lord. First, we're really going to go down this road of he tried to get you killed. He called for insurrection. He started a riot. Everyone knows that's not true. Every rational person knows that's not true. What we need are more rational people. But I think for, for her, it's, 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 it's a little bit worse, right? Because here she was almost to a moment of bipartisanship. I mean, realizing that she may have inadvertently brought people together, Representative Ocasio-Cortez quickly moved to prevent togetherness from damaging her reputation. Meanwhile, I mean, th- this, this stock thing is still going crazy. You take a look at, at, at GameStop, full disclosure, I do not own any GameStop. I do not own GameStop at all. This stock has been up and down. And remember, there are a lot of people who haven't been able to trade it. In the overnight, this thing was at 500. This thing opened at three, what it, what it opened at uh, 265. Went up to 468, down to 132, up to, what is that, 307, down to 221. Who knows where it's going to be tomorrow? And there have been some other runners as well. The argument, of course, is whether or not the market is being responsible by protecting itself. And the answer is, if we're going to say the market is being responsible, then no one would be able to buy the stock. But that's not what they did. They said some people are acceptable and some people are not. All the animals are equal, but some are more equal than others. And these apps that allow you to do the trading, because they're powered by other forces and other businesses, they went along. Letting you know that you will never have as much opportunity as some rich guy. This is a weird place where the political right and the political left meet. Now, I don't mind that place. I think that Representative Ocasio-Cortez has failed a a basic test of decency, as she often does, with her childlike ways. Oh, man, she's quick on the Twitter. She's the Donald Trump of Twitter. She could just, oh, she could let it rip. I can't do that. Oh, I don't don't have that skill set. I I just just don't. Um, It could be that I'm just, you know... I'm just generally less of an ass. That's very, very possible. I also don't teach, uh, talk in childlike scripture. If you take a look at the policies of Representative Ocasio-Cortez, um, everything is childlike. Even take a look at that last uh, last uh, tweet, right? But you almost had me murdered three weeks ago, so you could sit this one out. Not you uh, incited a riot. Not you caused an insurrection. Not you did damage to the republic. Me, 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 me. 
Well, Tony, if someone was after you, you'd take it personally too. Maybe. But I think the bigger conversation would be what they did to the nation. Shouldn't that be the conversation? Not for Representative Ocasio-Cortez. Thus, I continue with my thesis that she's she may be a lovely person. She could be a good friend and a good neighbor and, and, and all those things. When it comes to policy, she is a child. Everything about her, everything about her theories is a childlike policy. As for lawsuits against groups like um, Robinhood, which is the, the 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 app we're talking about, that's already happened. That is already going on. There are already lawsuits that are starting to take place, class action suits against Robinhood. By the way, if you want one of the great turns of events, you know how I just shared with you that Representative Ocasio-Cortez basically, uh, well, she accused Ted Cruz of attempted murder. I mean, that that's, that's what she did. People are going to t- uh, Twitter's new invention called Birdwatch, which is the site that's where you can report people who are engaged in misinformation. And they're saying, misinformation, Ted Cruz did not try to have AOC murdered at all in any form. This is libel. Nobody in the House of Representatives was close to being murdered on January 6th, and certainly wasn't due to other politicians. It's inflammatory language that is not factually based. Ted Cruz had neither inflammatory rhetoric nor any connection to the Capitol breach. Any statement to the contrary is a partisan statement pandering to a base. And it goes on and on and on. People utilizing the tool that Twitter created to make sure you can report misinformation to report actual misinformation. I'm just ashamed I didn't think of putting it on Birdwatch. My fault. By the way, she will then tell you how all these people want her murdered too. She will take the libelous claim against Ted Cruz and apply it to you. Because getting you to shut up is more important than working together to ensure that people can actually buy stocks when... When they choose to do so. I'm Fingers Malloy with the Bourbon Minute brought to you by the Eat, Drink, Smoke podcast. If you're looking for a low-carb alcoholic drink that isn't bourbon, seltzer may be for you. And Anheuser-Busch recently announced two new seltzer lines for 2021. Bud Light Seltzer Lemonade's Variety Pack comes in four flavors that will include original lemonade, black cherry lemonade, strawberry lemonade, and peach lemonade. Each can contains 100 calories with less than one gram of sugar. And Michelob Ultra has released the first USDA certified organic hard seltzer, Michelob Ultra Organic Seltzer, which has only 80 calories with zero grams of sugar per can. It comes in three flavors, spicy pineapple, peach pear, and cucumber lime. For more information on this seltzer, check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke. This was the Bourbon Minute brought to you by Eat, Drink, Smoke. It's your cigar bourbon foodie radio extravaganza. Check it out on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or your favorite podcast platform. Eat, drink, smoke.
Being in business today means looking for ways to save money and service customers faster and better than ever. That means DAV processing. In-store and mobile credit card processing and online stores of all kinds, DAV processing can help almost any business except credit cards, even if the owner has their own credit issues. They even do consumer financing. Smart business people are making smart choices, and no choice for your business is smarter than DAV processing. Go now to DAVprocessing.com. That's DAVprocessing.com. DAVprocessing.com. Video is so important, video gets eyeballs, which means customers for your business. And you don't need a Hollywood budget to make videos that get seen and cause customers to make the phone ring. MakeMyCustomVideo.com can help. With MakeMyCustomVideo.com, one of their very qualified professionals will make you a beautiful professional video for your business at a price that works for your budget. And to business people like you, a great video can make sales again and again and again. Go to MakeMyCustomVideo.com. That's MakeMyCustomVideo.com. You don't have to miss any part of Tony Katz today. Solve that problem by subscribing to the podcast at Rumble.com. Rumble is a video sharing service like the Tube Guys, but they aren't playing around with demonetizing and deplatforming content they don't like. I'm on Rumble because Rumble.com allows me to be, well, me. Go to Rumble.com, search for Tony Katz, T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z, and subscribe today. That's Rumble.com, search for Tony Katz, and subscribe to the Tony Katz Today podcast. Enjoy it and share it every day. The Tony Katz Today podcast at Rumble.com. Weekends are not a time for politics or news or the craziness of the world. Weekends are a time for friends and family, pouring a well-crafted spirit and maybe smoking a luxurious cigar. Each week, Eat Drink Smoke reviews cigars and craft spirits and gives you news that will make you interested, not angry. Eat Drink Smoke Smoke with cigar aficionado Tony Katz and America's favorite amateur drinker, Fingers Malloy. The perfect complement to your weekend activities. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Find out more at EatDrinkSmokeShow.com. Okay, this is interesting. Literally just came across my desk. I want to share it with you. It's Senator Ted Cruz. It's a conversation about Confucius Institutes. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Facebook Tony Katz Radio. Be sure to like the page and everything at TonyKatz.com. So Confucius Institutes were set up on college campuses across the country and it's supposed to be a place that allows people to you know it's all about the multiculturalism and learn about uh chinese people and chinese culture what it really is is a way of preventing anti-chinese sentiment to exist on a campus meaning no free speech if an article is written that discusses the problems with communist china there will be the confucius institute to say how dare you slander chinese students on campus well, this has been so now well-known and had they been so outed that Confucius Institutes have been removed from college campuses. So there's a nominee to the, to the UN from uh, Joe Biden. I don't know if it's the ambassador uh, nominee or whomever. I think, I think, uh, I think it's the, the, the ambassador. And her name is Linda Thomas Greenfield. So she's being asked by Ted Cruz about Confucius Institutes and a speech she gave that was linked what seems to be to that organization. 
Listen. You've said you were horrified by seeing firsthand what the Confucius Institute was doing. Did you keep the money? Uh, I can tell you what I did with the money. Uh, I give a tremendous amount of my very meager resources to humanitarian efforts. And so you did keep did. the money, though? You, you did. didn't give it back? I, I did. I did not give it back. It was not from the Confucius Institute. It was from Savannah State University. Now, you also described, you said you've spoken out against China's abusive practices. Um, perhaps you have elsewhere, uh, but I can tell you I'm holding the speech you gave at the Confucius Institute, and I can't find a single word of criticism in this speech. This speech is cheerleading for the Chinese Communist Party. You praise the Belt and Road Initiative. You praise their entrapping developing countries uh, in debt bondage. And you say the United States should follow China's model. Is it the role of America's UN ambassador to be cheering on the Chinese Communist Party? Now, he said a mouthful there. The Belt and Road Initiative is an infrastructure conversation uh, re regarding China. How they connect. So think of it as, as, as the Silk Road, right? And all of the trade and how that was how uh, you, 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 you traveled. So the Belt and Road Initiative is an infrastructure project. This goes back almost a decade uh, under President Xi Jinping. If, if she wants to argue that the money she took was from Savannah State, the, the university, and, and not from the Confucius Institute, she can. If she wants to say, yeah, they gave me money for the speech and I didn't keep it personally, I gave it to this group, I actually have no issue with that. I think that's a fine thing to do. But I think Ted Cruz is right to ask these questions. At the expense of the developing world and at the expense of America? Uh, Senator, it was not my intention, uh, nor I, do I think that I cheered on the uh, Chinese Communist Party. Uh, what I recommended in that speech is that Africans need to open their eyes on how they deal with the Chinese. And I would like to see the United States government do more in Africa to compete with uh, the... My, my, my... Now, I, I should get into this. Because this is something that people don't know much about. China is aggressive into investments and in infrastructure in Africa. In, 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 uh, far, not far, in agriculture and in, and in other investments like they're doing in South America. This is huge. I'm glad this is at least being discussed. But if you're not willing to call the communists of China communists, if you're not willing to say this is simply indecent, we want no part of you, and you need to be broken, well then, dear Lord, you can't sit at the UN. I'm Tony Katz.